This is the Six Clicks Podcast. Risk management, governance, compliance and cybersecurity news and opinion from the industry's best. Hi everyone, Stephen Walter here. Welcome back and thanks for joining us for another cracking episode. Uh, well, for a, uh, a layman uh, outsider like me, it's hard to believe that there needed to be legislation created to ensure that I have ownership and control over my own data, uh, particularly my own financial data. Uh, yet here we are. And it's a good thing, damn it, because the biggest deliverable, uh, perhaps milestone, is officially here. CDR, the Consumer Data Right Act of 2019, now sits underneath the Competition and Consumer Act of 2010 and gives me the control that I expected was always there anyway. Uh, however, there is a lot more to unpack here, which is why I need the Brains Trust my special guests today are Darren Booth, Head of Cybersecurity and Privacy Risk Consulting and Partner of RSM Australia, and our Information Security and Cybersecurity internationally recognised veteran, Andrew Robinson, Head of Six Clicks Cybersecurity. Welcome, gents. Thanks for coming back. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Darren, if we can kick off with you uh, first, could you uh, please give us a snapshot of what CDR actually is and secondly i'm interested in who the winners and losers are in this yeah sure so um cdr is essentially the legislation that the government has passed uh that allows open data and well you say well, what what's open data what does that actually mean um and it's really all around having data that can you as a consumer and, and use the word consumer really it's a person uh, you know people use the word consumer but it's not very uh user friendly but us as people, we can then access our own data that is held by organizations. Um, now, the, the, the way that works is uh, the data holders. Um, so if you take, for example, the first ones, uh, which is banking, open banking, uh, the data holders at the banks, they provide the data to accredited recipients. And we authorize those recipients to get the data, pull it through, and then we can see it. Um, so it's really all around opening up the, the economy uh, that allows us open data and be able to use that data, uh, hopefully, to uh, get some better insights. So I suppose the, the winners and losers. So so hopefully we as consumers are, are the winners. So that's the whole man, uh, the whole ethos around the thing. Um, and hopefully as part of that, we get access to see what our data is. We actually get to get the insights from it. So instead of it all being with the big banks and the big tech companies being able to have their data and they know more about us than we know about ourselves, we can actually get some of that and uh, use it. Andrew, uh, knowing you, uh, privacy and security concerns must be paramount uh, for you. What's on your mind regarding that? Sure. Well, they are, Stephen, but this is a great example of uh, balancing risk and opportunity. And Anthony Stevens, our CEO, talked about it on our segment on Ticket TV yesterday. I think this is the prime example uh, where we've got to balance those two. So on one hand, we're, we are opening up access to data. It might be our data, but banks have traditionally done a, a good job uh, locking that down and providing a degree of protection for it. But now we're opening it up and that uh, comes with a degree of risk. But our uh, also our traditional dependency or the bank's traditional dependency maybe on uh, perimeter security was already being diminished and, and some of the security transformation that they required for these kinds of initiatives was, was already something that they uh, had under control um, and uh, in, in the works anyway. Maybe that leads me to a question for, for Darren then, Stephen. So, um, often the flexibility and big reforms that we're we're getting here 
uh, come with these risks that I've just talked about, but the financial sector is always targeted, uh, had a, a target painted on its back because of a degree of, uh, of cyber attacks from organised crime targeting banks where, where our money's held and um, where money's pro pro uh, processed in terms of other providers. So maybe a question for you, Darren, is what are the key privacy and security metrics that CDR uh, expects of accredited organisations to prevent these kinds of things from uh, from occurring. Yeah, sure, and and I think I think the the fundamentals of CDR is it's trying to get organisations that have access to that data to have similar controls to what the banks have. Um, so so they are pretty stringent uh, from a from a security perspective. So the the security framework that uh, has to be implemented to become an accredited data recipient, that's a, a bit of a mouthful, but an, an ADR, um, it is really is foundation is uh, CPS 234, which is what uh, banks currently have to comply with. Uh, then you overlay that with some of the uh, principles around PCI DSS, which is the payment card industry standard, um, and how it defines what the uh, the data environment is. So it's not just where the data is stored, it's the processing, it's the transmission, it's interconnected systems, it's uh, systems that interact, it's the systems that actually provide the security as well. All these systems then uh, need to be secured. Uh, and then the next overlay is then the Australian government essential light uh, controls for cybersecurity, which have been around for a while now, but uh, are still very much seen as the the better practice and even uh, gold-plated practice in, in relation to uh, information security. Um, so they are pretty robust, and uh, in fact, very robust. And uh, you know, I suppose one of the one of the downfalls for for CDR is that uh, that's a big hurdle for uh, a fintech and other organisations to jump over. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you can't just overnight go and implement application whitelisting. Uh, it's something that you need to do over time, um, and and it's not cheap either. So you know, you've got the the hurdle of implementing these controls, and then. Um, you know, to, in order to be accredited, then um, you then have to also pass an audit as well. Yep, demonstrate compliance. Well, hopefully we can unpack that uh, another time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm fairly sure all three of those are sitting in the Six Clicks content library. Uh, correct me if I'm De Definitely a lot wrong. of that stuff is, uh, Stephen, <laughs> APRA CPS 234 and uh, ASD Essential Aid, and, and we're keen uh, as, as well as uh, working with Darren to find uh, more customers interested in, in specifically going through CDR accreditation using the Six Clicks platform. That's something I would keen to talk about and help with. Now, speaking uh, also of accreditation, guys, I'm interested in the other types of companies that will be seeking CDR accreditation. I, I use the term other gently. Um, can you, can you, Darren, can you please give us a handful of other types of companies that are eligible for it that we may not think of straight away? Yeah, look, it's one of those ones that is, uh, you almost, you don't know what you don't know. Um, uh, you know, the, the use cases that, um, that, that are being thought of are pretty innovative in some places. Um, and definitely the, the innovation that companies, uh, have, in relation to CDR, you know that that's probably where this real value will come from in, in relation to um, you know organisations being able to figure out how they could use it and what what they, will they do with it. So 
you know, to come up with different types of companies. So the the, the easy ones that immediately come off the, the tongue are, uh, you know, your your financial your financial product comparison type websites. Um, right. You know that that compare one product to another product. Um, you know your loan organizations that they want to be able to see where you're spending your money, uh, so they'll then be able to get access to your transactions, look through that, suck it in. So it actually means whenever you're doing the application process, instead of being a, a 30 minute process to try to calculate, ah, oh, this week I spend this amount, this month I spend that amount, uh, all that's automatically sucked in for you, uh, and it's complete and accurate. Um, then you've got things like, uh, again, where they're hoping to take it to around write access potentially. So not even do you, um, can you read that information from the banks, but potentially on a click of a button, you can then uh, get uh, your account moved from one bank to another bank uh, in a, a seamless uh, process. Now that's still a bit of a, uh, a couple of years away in relation to potentially coming, but that's definitely where the government are wanting to take this. And, and that gets into why, you know, the, the security around this is is very important and uh, why, you know, the, the, the mandates are around the, the, the assurance reporting and the criteria the companies haven't actually sort of go through, um, you know, that, that that's very much front and center to really get the trust that, that uh, needs to be there for all these organizations that are coming up with different and innovative ways of using the data. Uh, for them to actually use it uh, in a way that is still secure and people feel comfortable actually giving organizations access to it. Guys, I can't thank you enough for your time. I, uh, for, for a guy like me, I, I could sit here on the floor cross-legged like a school child listening to you guys talk all day. Uh, CDR, right up my alley. Thank you very much. Darren Booth, Head of Cybersecurity and Privacy Risk Consulting and Partner at RSM Australia and Six Clicks Head of Cybersecurity, Andrew Robinson. We'll see you next time. Thanks, gents. Thanks for checking in to the Six Clicks podcast. Get in touch with us anytime at sixclicks.io or find us on your favourite socials. Six Clicks, global risk management, compliance and ISMS capability software. Sixclicks.io